Los Angeles. It is so good to be with you guys. I am John Noyes, and I'm in studio live. Well, I mean, we're live if you're listening live. Like at what? What is today? Is to uh, I'm going Friday. with. Well, actually, it's not Friday. I'm it's saying Friday. it's Friday. I don't even know what day it is. You see, that's the way. That's the place to be. And I don't want to know. Yeah, it's better that way because, like, for me, the day doesn't change till I go to I go to sleep, yeah. because the world revolves around me. Okay. And in, in the way I believe, Chris, Christopher. Apologetics Radio. This is Apologetics.com, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. Now, um, hey, guys, I do want to say a, a big thank you. I have not been, we as a team have not been on the radio, at least my, I usually host two weeks a month. And I haven't been around because I've been traveling uh, for work and with my family. And it's been a, a treat that I've been able to bring my family with me as we've stopped. Um, well, I guess uh, the greater... West, when, like as uh, Colorado is where we stopped, so that's still the uh, the West. I, I consider it the West, not quite the Midwest. But excuse me, but anyways, um, I've missed you guys, and it's good to be back. Uh, you guys are the reason why we do the show. I like to say this at the beginning of every show. If you're listening right now, I want to say a big thank you uh, because you are the reason why we're doing it. Not only are you the reason, but y- uh, you are. Uh, the one who is supporting all of this. We are listener funded and none of us get paid and you guys give to us a generous, generous, gen, gen, generous, generous. It is going to be a long show. Mm. I already know. I'm, I, I haven't done my voice exercises, um, but no, you guys give to us uh, abundantly. How about that? And, uh, and you've kept us on the air for now for almost, I think more than 22 years, which is insane. And if you haven't ever given to us, but you have uh, felt that you've benefited from apologetics.com radio. Uh, we would love to partner with you financially. You can give to us through our website at apologetics.com. Click on that donate button and you can uh, you can do that. But that's enough of that. If you guys if want to talk to us, like that's where I really love uh, doing this show on Friday nights is being able to interact with you guys. We are a listener-based show. You can give us a call at 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-KKLA. A and, uh, and we'd love to answer any of your questions having to do with, um, I don't know, ethics, values, religion, of course, anything to do with apologetics or anything that we're going to be talking about uh, tonight. We've got a good show lined up, I think. And with that, that's enough of me. Christopher, how are you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Or Saturday. Since we've, since we've uh, been in absence, has anything changed in your life? Oh, man. Um, yeah, there's a ton of things that nobody wants to hear about, but... Um, Wait, I want to hear. I don't know, man. Job I, stuff and oh, yeah. work stuff. It's got to be something you can share. Yeah. It's got to be something. Yeah. Uh, God is good. Um, he's providing for my family. Got lots of work lined up. Amen. Yeah. You are a graphic artist, a graphic am. designer. Yes, sir. Do you have a website? Uh, I think we've talked about this before. We and have. And how come it hasn't moved since oftentimes then? Oftentimes, I forget. I have one, what but it's I? not up. Yeah, no. Which is, which is a problem for a graphic designer. Yeah. You know, I don't really, it, most of my business is word of mouth, but I do have a website. It's a portfolio website. It's at jankydesign.squarespace.com. If I wanted to spell janky design, how would I do that? You would spell it by first starting with the letter J. J. And then the next letter would be E. N K Y design. Exciting. Yeah. At Squarespace. At Square. Well, jankydesign.squarespace.com. Word. Yeah. That's good. You might as well, man. We're here. Yeah. And I love your work. Thank you. I'm in the process of putting together a YouTube channel for Noise on the Street. 
Oh yeah. And I just got the thing today and I used your graphic. What graphic? The one that you made. And then you took a picture of it on your monitor and sent it to me. I should probably send you the vector file. I don't have enough money, though, to pay you for it. Chris is a master. He is a master. Is a master. Which is why I can't afford his work. Graphic designer. I'm his pastor, and he still charges me. It's a dangerous game to get into when you start doing free stuff. Did I charge you for that logo? No, of course not. I don't even know if I asked you to do it. Like I was just, hey, let's mess around. And then you sent me something super rad. I don't. I got to send you the actual file. Because I'm pretty sure I just sent you like a really quick screenshot. Yeah, that's but not, I'd love to get the not, file. You, yeah, you need the file. Yeah, and I'll use it. All right. And I'll even maybe give you credit, maybe. <laughs> 30, 30% chance. Uh, yeah, whatever you want to do. Right on. And we have a guest in studio. Yes. Carlo. How's it going? It's going pretty good, man. I just met you tonight. Just tonight. But I feel like I've known you forever. Man, you're super cool. Mm. <laughs> so far, you, so far you've been awesome. Yeah. I can yeah. see why Chris likes hanging around with you. Yeah, sure. He has to. Yeah. Because Chris is super cool. He's like one of the coolest guys that I know. Chris is so cool. So I already know if he's chilling with somebody, like this has got to be a cool guy. It has to be. Well, I'm his pastor, remember? Yeah. yeah. So I, I hold uh, his his uh, his salvation over his head. I say, Chris, <laughs> you do the show tonight with me or you're yeah. or you're going to hell. Yeah, yeah you won't punch my uh, salvation card. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I won't give you I won't let you sit at the table Dang. this Sunday if you don't come to the radio show. He's in fear and trembling. Right yeah. Now. Yes, yeah. yes, this is Chris. Chris is afraid of he's a he's a fearful man. No. So Carlo, man, I would I, I would love to start the show by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from? Are you married? I'm married. I've been married for 23 years. That's unreal. Yeah. 23 years. Uh, a lot of people tell me I don't look old enough. You don't. And you didn't say it, but I'll just let you know. That's normally what people tell me when I say that. Well, so. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do too many compliments up front. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, we just met. So We just met, man. I don't want you to like me that much. <laughs> so, yeah. So, no, you don't look, you don't look a day over 32. Thank you. I'd say, uh, but you can't be 32 if you got yeah. married. How, how many years? Uh, I've been married 23 years. I'm 46 years old. 46, okay. 23 years. We have four children. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's actually probably one of the biggest miracles in my life is the fact that my wife yeah. is still married to me. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of us guys say that. Like, I say that, and it's half in jest. Half, I mean, I'm serious to a certain extent, but once we hear your story here... I think we're going to understand why, yeah, uh, why this is. So I'd love to just start the beginning with you and, and ask where are you from and and uh, what was life like. Uh, I'd start maybe. Did you grow up Christian? Yeah. So at a at a young age, um, when I was very young, uh, my family was was Catholic. We went to Catholic church, um, but when my mother married my stepfather, I think I was around eight years old. Um, his mother, uh, she used to hold. Good News Club at our uh, house in, in South Oxnard. It the was Nard. Uh, yeah, in Oxnard. South Oxnard is a pretty rough neighborhood. She was this older, you know, older lady living all by herself. Um, she was a, a a widower. Is that what you call it? When, yeah, uh, yeah. A woman. Widow. widow. She was a, a widow. I'm sorry. She was a widow. Mm-hmm. She would invite all the neighborhood kids to her house. She'd have Good News Club. And uh, a lot of people, if you don't know what that is, um, it was something that was popular back in the day. She had a felt board. She would bust <laughs> out with this little stand and a felt board. That's amazing. See, I don't know what it what uh, I didn't know what it was when you said it the first time. Uh is it like Awanas? 
Yes, it's kind of Good News Club was kind of like a thing that all the churches had, kind of like Awana. I went to Awana okay. when I was a kid. Okay. Um, so she had this old school fold open wooden felt board, and Word. she would she would put up you know Jesus and the disciples, and she would teach us the Bible. Sure. Um, she would invite all the kids from the neighborhood, and um, she had this little car hatchback that she would drive to church, and she would take as many neighborhood kids as she could every Sunday to church. And, you know, this woman, she was, you know, she was a true believer. I mean, she lived out her faith. I I can remember her, um, you know, like I said, she would invite all the kids into her home. She was always helping people. Whenever we'd go out, she wrote a check. She would always write a scripture on there. She would always talk to people about Jesus. Yeah. She always had so much joy and love. And she taught us, you know, she's the one that taught me about Jesus. She was the first person to really teach me about Jesus uh, when I was young. I was probably like eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah. Um, so this was my stepfather's mother, who, you know, I consider my grandmother. Um, so that, you know, when I was young, that was my first uh, exposure to the Christian faith and learning about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and, uh, and you've been a Christian all along and lived a perfect life. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Yeah. So that's why we have you on. And I want to, I just want to interject something here. Uh, the reason why we, we were going to talk just straight up like Jehovah's Witnesses tonight, like, because that's something you're interested in and you have a, a fair amount of knowledge in. And Chris and I would like to know more. And we think our audience maybe would like to know more. But then as we were talking in the car ride here, uh, yeah, I got to know who you are and where you're from. And I was like, we need to, we need to talk about your story. And the reason why is because I think stories are so important. Mm-hmm. Right. So God is the author of all of our stories. And granted, he's the author of the greatest story. Right. The greatest story ever told is the biblical narrative, uh, including uh, culminating in, in, in the life and the work of Jesus Christ. But he's also given us all our own stories. So to share, I believe firmly to share with others, because uh, what resonates, for example, with Chris or with 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 you, Carlo, may not resonate with me, but there is somebody out there that it will. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. there's there's people that need to be heard, and there's people who, after when they hear somebody else's story, they feel heard, they feel seen through the telling of somebody else's story that mirrors them, and your story is incredible. And you started by, uh, you grew up in Oxnard, um, South Oxnard, is that what you said? No, I grew up in the in northern part of Oxnard, okay. but my grandmother, and, and I just want to share really quick, yeah. I like what you said. I'm going to tell you why this is relevant, Yeah, because I am... <clears throat> I am that person's Christian kid. You know, you know, people out there, yeah. their parents, they have kids. I'm, I'm that kid. And I'm going to tell you the story of, you, you, you know, your, this could be your child. Yeah, yeah. This, this, this is good. probably is your child. This might be your child. And I kind of feel like um, when you're a Christian parent, a lot of times you ignore a lot of things that you see because you think, oh, my kids, they know the gospel. They said the <laughs> prayer. They go to summer camp. They go to youth groups. So when things come up and things happen, a lot of parents, they don't want to face the reality that maybe it's not. <laughs> things are not what I think they yeah. are. And that's, was my, that's who I was. That's right. That's, and and that's the, you know, my story of coming to faith. And I kind of feel like if parents can kind of be more, um, you know, with their kids, if they can kind of be more, have a better uh, communication with their kids and <clears throat> kind of be willing to kind of ease up on the standards that they have and be okay with where, you know, where's my child really at right now? 
You know, am, am I okay with the reality of where they're really at? Or am I just trying to, yes. in my mind, create this idea of, oh, you know, they're, yeah, they're having some trouble, but, you know, they love Jesus. They go to church. They go to youth group. And, and really, you, you might not have any idea where your child yeah. is right now because, you know, you're, you know, for whatever reason, you're just not, um, you know, you're not finding out what's really going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's why this is relevant because I was that Christian kid that went to church and I You were gonna... checking some of the boxes. Yes. In order to in order to keep uh I'm just going to say it how I feel like it is. You check the boxes to keep your parents off your back. Exactly. So you have the freedom to do what you want. And the freedom that freedom led you to like some pretty radically uh dark places. Yeah. So I mean, so okay, so take us from uh Oxnard uh, grandma's hatchback going to church flannel graph flannel graph yeah. like do you yeah. imagine imagine if we had a flannel graph for your life story <laughs> like yeah. uh, guys as we're talking about this when you're listening picture a flannel graph like meth <laughs> yeah you know witchcraft I, witchcraft <laughs> yeah. anyway so okay so so here you are you're uh you're a boy at this time, right? Learning from your grandmother because she's faithful. Yeah. And then eventually you're growing up, maturing, and exploring the world for yourself. Yeah. And what happens? Well, I'm going to give you a little glimpse. I, I like to start things out with like the the hook, right? You know, what, what we're what I'm going to share with you involves addiction to crystal meth, dabbling in witchcraft, and um, you know, a very promiscuous lifestyle. Yeah. E- even after. I got married and had my first daughter. Um, that's eventually, you know, what, you know, that's where my life went. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I was, you know, I grew up, we went to church and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I would have said that I was a Christian. If you asked me, I would have said, yeah, I'm a Christian. I mean, I believe, you know, I, I repeated the prayer that we all pray. But once I started going to high school, uh, I just got caught up in uh you know, trying to be popular, trying to fit in. Um, I could remember um, my older brother giving me my first line of speed as I, I was maybe in like maybe a freshman in high school. So that's 13. Yeah. 14. And uh, my older brother, you know, he was already in high school. Uh, I remember he was into heavy metal. You know, when everybody started listening to the rap, it was kind of popular. My older brother, he listened to heavy metal. He played electric guitar. Yeah. And I kind of followed it. You know, a rebel. Yeah. So he's just like Motley Crue, Metallica, um, Iron Maiden. Sure. And we're like, you know what? Forget rap. We're listening to heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he was into like, he started partying with his friends. And I can remember him kind of exposing me to my first line of, back then it was called crank yeah you know and i remember that feeling that i got um and you know when i was young you know i was sent to church like we didn't go to church as a family but my mother was you know she was smart enough to see that uh you know i i my mother had married my stepfather my father was not really around there was three of us boys and she was smart enough to you know send us to church with my grandmother but it wasn't something we did as a family and it wasn't like, you know, I might, it wasn't like I was at home and I have a problem and like my mom sits there and prays for me or they open the Bible. That didn't happen in my household. Yeah, sure. But I was learning um, going with my grandmother to church. So, you know, I was learning, but at the same time at home, um, it wasn't really like a 
religious home or a home where we were actively sure. seeking the Lord as a family. And so... It's like your mom could see the benefits of sending you to get, in, in, in scare quotes, religious education of some sort, whether it be yeah. church or private school, whatever. So in this case, it was church on Sundays, but it wasn't for her. Like she was going to send you guys because she was hoping, I'm sure she was hoping that that benefit would rub off and in many ways uh, help you become better citizens. Yeah. Ultimately. I mean, you know, here she is with three boys. Yeah, and- tough. You know, she's just trying to do the best she can for us, yeah. and which is what, you know, she's always done. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, you know, I, in high school, um, I can remember, you know, I barely graduated. The reason I, only reason I graduated is because my teachers, they really liked me. I was, you know, a very nice person, I guess. I was a likable guy. My teachers liked me. So a couple of them kind of bent over backwards to pass me so I could graduate. But, you know, when I was a senior, I can remember going to school. This is Oxnard High? Oxnard High School. The old Oxnard High School. You know, it's kind of like it's torn down now uh, right by the airport. Yeah, before the beautiful new ones built yeah. now. With the oh, man, the old Oxnard High was track. like the Wild West. It yeah. was a wild place. There were parts of it that were condemned, and we would go and hang out. <laughs> but I can remember going to school just to find enough friends to ditch and come to my house and have ditching parties. Um, I would come to school just for lunch. And then leave. Yeah. And uh, so, I, I my, you know, my grades were horrible. I didn't do any homework. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a little bit early on, one thing that I, that I can re- I can remember, do you remember when you were a little kid and you guys took a trip to the library as a, as a school? You know, you walk to your local library or take a bus to a local library? Yeah. Um, I can remember always going to the section where there was books about witches and werewolves and spells and warlocks and demons and devils and spirits, and I'm not sure why, but as at a young age, I always had I was very intrigued by this occult world and these creatures and mythical things, and so at a, at, a, at an early age, I was always kind of attracted to that type of thing, and I can remember being in junior high and high school, me and my brothers playing with the Ouija board, oh, and oh. Um, you know, bad news bears, yeah. Chris, um, man. Hey, you want to come over and play with the Ouija board, bro? I play with the Ouija board. Yeah, I'm have, sure you, you have you guys done that? Yeah, I but do. not like, yeah. no way, man. Back when I was a pagan, yeah. when I was an atheist. Yeah, so, you know, we started doing that. And, oh. I, and, you know, for sometimes it started out as a fun thing with, you know, friends spending the night. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we freaked out a few of our friends by the things that we were doing. And then eventually I would just do it by myself. You know, like I would just... Uh, Ask questions, you know. We'd make the, we we would kind of draw the little board and have like a little key ring to like. And I remember at some point I would just ditch the whole board and I would just kind of like just be talking to spirits in my room. And uh, <clears throat> so, <laughs> you know, looking, I think that that had a big part of kind of uh, just opening that door. Yeah, for sure. In my life at a young age, and I and looking back, and you know, that had to have a big kind of you know impact or influence on why I started doing things I, I was doing because by the time I was in high school um, like every day we were you know getting high taking acid we were doing lines in the bathroom yeah um, I would I would come to school drunk and I just didn't want I didn't want to be in a, in, in I didn't like reality yeah that's I didn't like I didn't it. like the state of mind of just being sober. Yeah. I preferred to be intoxicated by something or multiple things. Yeah. 
and and I I I used to always wonder like what you know why am I doing like I would think for a second like why am I doing this like why am I taking it so far yeah you know what I mean and looking back I think it was just those influences that I allowed into my life probably you know played a part in that sure sure so you're in high school now uh, starting to dabble uh, pretty heavily into like hard drugs I mean not just alcohol not just weed but you're talking speed crank uh, and eventually. Uh, meth, which is where things I think really kind of, uh, pardon the pun, but sped up yeah. for you, you know? And so were you doing meth while you were in high school? Well, you know, it, it, back in high school, um, meth wasn't really a thing yet. It, you know, meth is a, is a form of like speed. Yeah. I guess if you had to categorize it. So back then it was called crank. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, a very yeah. kind of like <laughs> ugly, dirty, like meth was more of like a pure, cleaner kind of form of that yeah and but you know it was basically the same thing so similar you know, effects yeah so crystal meth you know it, it existed but it wasn't something that we had access to right it, it, it was a little different but it was the same type of thing but that was the drug that really got me because that drug it, it um it makes you feel so alive and you have purpose and a lot of people you know when they do it it gives you a lot of energy. You can't sleep. You feel this kind of sense of focus and drive, purpose. You feel like you love everybody. You 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 you're able to talk, have these long conversations. <laughs> you have these crazy you have these crazy ideas. Um, and and of all the different things that I tried, that was one. It, it just got me. Yeah, like it just did. It it gave me what I was lacking in a major way. So, so when you, okay, so when you graduated high school, what is, what did life look like? Um, when I graduated, I was just partying all the time, like living at home. Yeah. I was living at home. Did you, you started by asking, by kind of speaking to the parents, like maybe some parents that are listening, don't understand. Maybe your kids are out doing some of the stuff. So would you say that your mom was kind of not understanding what you were doing or did she kind of understand what's going on, but she was just overwhelmed with life herself? Well, you know, eventually she, you know, I, I, I got in trouble uh, plenty of times. Um, I think, you know, my mom, she always kind of wanted to believe the best sure, about any, like situa- every mom. You know, any situation. But to the point where um, she she kind of wouldn't really, she didn't really want to look at what was really going on. Um, so I think she kind of felt a little bit helpless. And at some point, she kind of just gave up and just let me do whatever I wanted to do. Um, but you know, all the while, well, you eventually know, you become a man. Yeah, exactly. And you have to answer for yourself. Yeah. Right. So I exactly. think that that's not to say on your mom. It's just yeah. the facts of the, the way the world works. Yeah. Well, you know, it was, a, it was, it was a little while before I became an adult where she kind of gave up because it was me and, um, you know, two of my other brothers, we were just so out of control that it was just, she couldn't, she couldn't handle it. Yeah. We were just doing whatever we wanted. And, um, you know, so what eventually ended up happening is uh, kind of fast forward. Um, I got married pretty young. I think I was like 20. 20 when I got married. Uh, my wife was already pregnant. And I kind of thought, well, you know, this should, you know, I should stop, you know, <laughs> doing this kind of like this will help me stop. And, you know, we're going to have a child. Things are yeah, going to change. Yeah. I'm going to become a different person. Uh, but like that, magically. Yeah. Like you would <laughs> think like, oh, you know. <laughs> I know I need to stop doing these type of things, but, you know, this should do it for me. Absolutely. Um, 
but it didn't happen. I actually got, you know, I ended up being even worse um, after I got married and we had our child. Um, I became a full-blown crystal meth addict. Um, I think by, by this time I was, you know, 21, 22 years old. That's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. So when you say crystal meth addict, like what's that mean? Like your life's, your life's focus became getting high? Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. If I was awake, it's because I was on, I was high. When you do crystal meth, you know, I would, I would, I would be awake for a week at a time, like a week, no sleep, even longer, a week and a half, no sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you got to get a couple of days rest and then you start all, all over again because you can't really function. At that point, you can't function without it. Yeah. the um, And we're coming up to a hard break and in like a minute and a half. But like this is kind of the down the downfall of Carlo, you know, and when we come back, what I'd like to do is get to the point where uh, there's a difference that's made in your life. You know, and then while while we're talking and maybe during the break, we could be thinking about I'd like to speak a little back to the parents again to maybe give them some advice as to how they can speak into their kids lives if they think their kids are walking down similar path as you uh, had or um, maybe how parents who might be it's a bad word, but it's it's a true word, ignorant to what their kids are doing. What are the signs that maybe parents could look right look to? Uh, cause I want to be a help, but, uh, but ultimately when we come back, you end up meeting a person, his name's Jesus and, uh, and you don't die, which <laughs> is probably what you should have done, yeah. you know, um, on many occasions. Uh, so when we get back, we're going to talk all about that, but, uh, what do you think so far? I'm just intrigued and entertained and looking for the, uh, the turn in the story here. The turn in the story. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely looking for the turn in the story. When I was driving up here and hearing this stuff from you, you were sitting in the back seat. I was driving and I was just like, man, who did I just pick up? This is unbelievable. <laughs> well, luckily Chris is my boy and you're Chris's boy. So I knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just like, wow, we're not talking about Jehovah's Witnesses tonight, guys. We got something better. Uh, So, uh, hey guys, this is Apologetics.com radio where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. We'll be back in like 90 seconds. Uh, It's me, Chris, and Carlo. We'll listen to Carlo's story. And uh, we look forward to being with you. 90 seconds. a doozy you did you missed a doozy i'm not going to share it because it's not my information to share but uh our breaks here in the studio you know what we should uh we should do a live show that includes the video and people can actually watch and hear us during the break well we might not have we might not do it anymore because people will be like these guys they're not christian (laughs) that'd be great but anyways man i love doing this show with you guys and uh and i love that we do it with you listeners as well uh, again, I just want to reiterate that seriously, I, I'm not just saying this, like we are doing this for you. Like the reason why I'm here is, is for you guys. And, uh, tonight we're talking about some tough things. We're talking to Carlo and, uh, his story, which, uh, which is, uh, involves, uh, he mentioned a lot of stuff, uh, a brief, uh, jaunt through witchcraft and, and Ouija boards, 
a fairly uh, significant uh, journey through uh, drugs and alcohol. And so where we ended before the break is uh, you're married, right? I mean, yep. you're married at this time. We're going back in time, right? So graduated high school. High school, you were doing crank. You were doing speed. You were doing weed, alcohol, whatever. Whatever you could do to escape reality. Everything I love the way you anything. said that. Yeah. Reality is the way the world really is, right? And it's that thing that we bump into when we don't live according to it. And sometimes the bumps that we bump into, they hurt. Yeah. And instead of acknowledging the bumps for what they are, we seek to deaden them, to soften them, to mute them, to forget them. Yeah. And oftentimes we turn to drugs and alcohol. A lot of us turn to, to, turn to drugs and alcohol. And this is, I feel like, what you had been saying. I really love that and the, the vulnerability there. And so, so now you graduate high school. You're about 20 years old. You're a dad. You're a husband. And you're a straight-up drug addict. Yeah, and I was. Uh, and let's pick up there, man. I'd love yeah. to hear the rest. I mean, you know, literally, it got to the point where I would, I would s- steal rent money. You know, my wife she'd had to hide, she had to hide rent money from me, and yeah. I would always find it. Yeah, I would always to go spend it on drugs. Yeah, that's, I would always. You know, it, it was horrible. She couldn't trust me. Um, so this went on for, <laughs> this went on until I was twenty eight years old. No way. Yeah. Yeah, so like six or seven years solid, I was just a total nightmare. I drove my wife nuts. Um, and what happened was I can remember um, one night I was in, we had a little apartment in Ventura. And, you know, my wife got mad at me. She she left. She was gone. I was there all by myself. And I can remember the sun coming up. You know, when you, when you, when you do those type of drugs, you, you're up all night. I remember the sun coming up. And for the first time, I felt like, I'm just really tired of of doing this because when you have a drug addiction, to keep up that drug addiction, you have to lie, cheat, steal. And, you know, normally I'd be thinking of my next little scam or scheme. From everybody. Yeah. I mean, everybody. every relationship that you build, you either build with the intention of, of screwing that person over yep. or you build a relationship and you end up screwing it over because you're chasing that next fix. Exactly. And, you know, the, I, I remember this one morning, it, it was kind of like... Um, you know, God just, you know, cause like I said, I grew up, I learned about Jesus. It was like, God opened my eyes. And the thought that came into my mind was you don't have to keep doing this because Jesus will forgive you. <laughs> Jesus can change you and Jesus can save you. If you're willing to just, you know, give it up. And I, and I, I remember, um, thinking that, you know, Jesus can save me. Jesus can change this me. This is crazy because this is also like this thought doesn't come from nowhere. This is this is grandma dragging you to church yeah. when you're nine years old, yep. 10 years old. There's a foundation being laid there. Yeah. And while maybe the salvation didn't happen at that point, right? Maybe you prayed yeah. a prayer, but it didn't so-called stick or whatever. Yeah. It's a terror, you know what I mean? Yes. But now fast forward, you live a life, uh, a, a debauched life. And now you find yourself at rock bottom. Yeah. And that foundation is starting to take root and sprout something. For the first time in my life, I realized why it was necessary for Jesus to make that sacrifice. As a kid, you know, (laughs) as a kid, you don't understand. You don't understand the weight of, you know, the things that you do because you haven't made those kind of, you're still kind of. I guess you want to say like, in it, like you haven't done certain things. And so I feel like, as, you know, as a kid, I, 
yeah, I, I accepted Jesus in my heart, but but I didn't know what sin was. I didn't know right. what right. I didn't know the the depths that I could bring myself to the <laughs> destruction that I could do. But when I was coming down that night off, you know, crystal meth, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, the, you know, where I was. And I realized in that moment, I was like, you know what? I, I'm not a Christian. Oh. I'm not a Christian. I'm not following Christ. I'm not a believer. Because you would have set up it to this point. If somebody asked you, hey, are you a Christian? You would have said yes. Yeah, you give me a survey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check Christian in the box. You know? So interesting. Because I, I thought that being a Christian, you just, you know, you pray the prayer. You just kind of... Um, you just say that you are like I'm part of this group, even though I've gone so far. Um, yeah, but, and there's no real, there's no, there's no uh, ramification for your life. You know, you check the box, you pray the prayer, and I wonder how many people like. So I, I often think like I'm, I'm kind of glad that I didn't grow up. I say this, I'm kind of glad I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I avoided flanographs altogether and okay. like a cheesy, you know, Wednesday nights. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like I wonder how many people are in that boat where Christianity is fire insurance. It's it's that thing that they did that day a long time ago, mm-hmm. but there's no ramifications, no practical ramifications. And I'm not saying that we're saved by how we live. We're not. And this is kind of like what you were getting to, which I yeah. love. We're not. We're yeah. saved by the grace of God and by the grace of God alone, um, which is a beautiful thing. But at the same time, James says, faith without works is dead. Exactly. And so there's such thing as fruit. And Jesus talks a lot about this. And so if we're living lives like a drug addict, uh, you had no real understanding of what true saving faith was, even though you would have said that you were a Christian. Anyways, that just kind of exactly. hit me. And then mm-hmm. something else that you said really hit me is that you came to the realization, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you came to the realization at this moment, uh, the sun coming up, you're coming down from a, from a run on, on, uh, on, I don't even, was, was it meth? Like yeah, a, probably uh, a week of no sleep. <clears throat> so you're, you're coming off a binge and you're sitting there, wife's gone and the sun's coming up and you come to the realization that's built on the foundation that was given to you by a, a grandmother who loved you enough to, to teach this to you that no matter what you've done, and you've done some awful things, Jesus is there to forgive you. Yep. That's insane, Carlo. Like, that is so profound to me. You know, at that moment, you just come to the realization that, wait a second, like, why am I doing this? Jesus is here. There's no shame, right? Jesus takes that shame. Jesus takes that guilt in a, in, in, a, in a personal way, but also in a, in a, a judicial way, uh, which is just incredible. So I'll let you let it pick up there. So you're sitting there, sun's coming up. You're like, Jesus is here to forgive me. All I have to do is accept this free gift of grace. So, th- so this is what I did. You know, I, I prayed. And at the time, <laughs> um, you know, my prayer was one of, uh, you know, at the time, you know, my wife's gone. I lost my job. I lost my driver's license. I was in and out of jail. And so my prayer to God was, you know, even if I don't get, even if my wife leaves me and, you know, I don't get my job back and, you know, none of these things are, are, are fixed. Even if I, I die tonight, God, just give me what, give me what Jesus died on the cross to give me. If yeah. you just give me that gift that Jesus sacrificed to give me, I'll have everything that I need. I don't need anything else. Mm. That's all I need. Just give me that. 
and you know, and I'm yours. Like my life is now yours. Um, I, I give up. I've totally ruined my life. And in that moment, um, there was a, ch- a change. It was like my eyes were opened and it, you know, looking back to me, you know, it was like a miraculous thing that happened because, um, I didn't go to a rehab or anything like that. It's crazy. Um, you know, I, I think I probably slept. I, 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 you know, I had a good maybe day of catching up on some sleep. Um, but I was just a different person. And the very first thing that I wanted was to get my hands on a Bible. Um, so I called one of my cousins and I said, Hey man, can you please just bring me a Bible? I, I just need a Bible. I wanted to open it up because I had read it before. You wanted to be with God. I had read it before, but now I have this desire like, okay, God just changed my life. And I know that, you know, the Bible has his word. Like I need these words. I need to read this and I need, you know, I had that hunger right away. That's so good. Um, you know, it's my hunger. My my cousin, he's like, okay, well, how about I pick you up? We'll go to church. I don't speak Spanish. We went to a Spanish service that was happening on some random Wednesday night. I don't even remember what the church was, and I was just so happy to be there. My wife was there with us. She was so happy that, you know, she Dude. knew that something had happened, and um, you know, that's when my life radically changed, uh, and that was 17 years ago. Dude, when you're talking, there's a song. It's a simple song, but it came to my mind. Give me Jesus. Do you guys remember that? It's Fernando more than, Ortega. Is that who? I have no idea. Yeah. The uh, and yeah, more than silver, more than gold. You're the treasures that I hold. Now that I've tasted of your goodness, nothing else will satisfy. Just give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Yep. And you can have all this world. You can have all this world. Give me Jesus. And I feel like that's what you experienced. You have it all. Yes. You know, and and I'm yours. And just give me Jesus. That's all you want in a in a church that's speaking a language you don't understand. Yeah. Who cares? Just give you Jesus. You knew you were getting Jesus. Yes. You know, and uh, man, that's crazy. You know, it reminds me of the prodigal son where he he's in the pig pen, and he's saying, <laughs> and he's saying, you know, I I he used to have it pen. so good. My 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 father's servants had it better than what I'm experiencing mm-hmm. now. I don't need to have the 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 ring back on my finger. I don't need the robe. I don't need the inheritance. I don't need the 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 right standing with my father again. Let me just be a slave in my dad's house and I'll be good. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> and it's like just give me that. Yeah. And I think the the parallel is and what's amazing is that you know, the prodigal son comes home and the father uh not only accepts him as a, a slave, but he he gives him everything back. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I think that that's the parallel with your story is that you went to the Lord and said, I, all of this stuff could burn, and I, I, that's okay. Thank you for at least saving me. And all. Yeah. that's it. That's all I need. But then he gave you. <laughs> yeah. He gave you everything back. Yeah. You know? So, you know, my wife, we're, we're still married to this day. We have four children, and, um, you know, that's, you know, another, you know, one of the biggest things that's happened in my life is the fact that, you know, we're still married is a, it's a big deal. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, wrestling through years of drug addiction, infidelity, uh, that's like the, that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's the daily stuff. Where's my husband? Is he going to come home? 
You know, is he going to be dead? Am I going to have to get him out of jail? Can we pay rent? Can we pay rent? Can we yeah. buy food? Uh, that's like, that's absolutely, <laughs> it's just such a great story, Carlo. We have to make it this into like a movie, like a little mini <laughs> documentary, don't you think? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, it's pretty. pretty Carlo's pretty story, I mean, right? <laughs> Car Carlito's way? No, Car <laughs> Carlo's way. Carlo's <laughs> way, better than Carlito's way. Yeah, you know, and, and so, so we've got like maybe 15, 20 minutes left, right? And your story is incredible. And you started the... I think you st you st the way you started this was really good. It was a challenging yeah. thing to say because you're kind of talking to parents. Yeah. And the way I look at it, there's a number of different types of parents, but we were addressing kind of two. There's the parent who maybe maybe your kid is maybe your kid is Carlo, uh, sneaking out, stealing money, doing things that you really wish. I'd love to hear what you have to say, if anything. And, and Chris, you too. You got teenage boys. Yeah. Uh, yours are angels compared to Carlo, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but we all we all of us out carry our own dysfunction, and this is another important thing about stories, right? Because you also don't need to have a radical story like like you, Carlo. No, you not know. at all. Uh, thank the God we don't. The all. goal is to not. Yeah, yeah, the goal is to not. And that's why I think this is relevant because, you know, I think if you go, you know, if you go back um, to when I was younger, or you know, you have young kids. And I kind of feel like um, parents can do a better job of individually really checking on their kids at different stages of their life. I kind of feel like, it's, you know, it can be kind of easy to send your kids to summer camp and youth group and, you know, they all prayed or they got baptized and you think, oh, we're good now. Yeah. You know, we're good now. Any little speed bumps or issues that we have, it's just, you know, little Billy, he's, you know, he's a Christian. He's just not acting like it right now. And, you know, instead of really kind of like, you know, with 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 the attitude that I have with my kids is that, um, you know, you know, we go to church, we teach them um, at some point they are going to have to make their own decision to follow Christ. I can't make that decision for them. Yeah, that's so good. Um, it, I'm not going to try and manipulate them. Um, I'm going to teach them and... At some point, they're going to have, uh, you know, they're going to have to see their need yeah. for Christ. Yeah. Because it's how can you ask Jesus to forgive you or save you if you don't even understand, like, what are we being saved from? What is, like, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that this is actually a good challenge to, to young adults, uh, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds. Uh, at, at some point, you are going to have to stop living your parents' faith. Exactly. Right? And it's also, an, it should be an encouragement to parents. You can only do so much. Right? You can't force, I wish, I wish I could force my kids to believe. I really do. Like, I wish that there was some magic thing that I could do to make sure that my kids grew up to be Christian. Yeah. But that's just not the world we live in. Eventually, my kids are going to have to make that decision for their own and, and, and they're going to have to own it and they're going to have to walk that out. Um, but that doesn't mean as parents, we can't, uh, guide them. You know, I'm thinking of, uh, I have a number of friends who are wrestling with, with wayward kids, like not, not quite as I don't, I don't think quite as drastic as you. I don't know, to be honest with you. Yeah. And the advice that I give the parents that I counsel is a couple things I tell them. One is be real and authentic. If you're concerned for your child, let them know. Yeah. Like, I'm concerned for you. Not in a, 
demeaning or even like really a parenting way, just as a, you know what, I'm concerned about the direction that you're going. I don't know where you're going at night. I know you're going somewhere. Uh, provide space for your child uh, to be truthful. Exactly. You know, the way I do, my, my oldest is 13, so we got 13-year-old problems. We don't got, yeah. <laughs> this is 13, yeah. my girl, not 13, Carlos problems yeah you know what i mean like my kids i'm fairly certain aren't that they're a little private christian school smoking crack in the bathrooms <laughs> but uh, but you never know right yeah <laughs> i mean seriously but like what i do with my kids is i tell them listen if you if you tell me the truth right now the consequences are far less than if if you if you lie to me because yeah. if you lie to me it's the it's the full weight of the law if you if you if you tell me the truth you receive grace and, and my grace is abundant. And then I explain because God's grace has been abundant. Yeah. You know, we're always forgiven and loved. That's the third thing. So yeah. provide room for truth. Be direct and honest, authentic. And the third thing is I always just let my kids know uh, they are loved, man. And and it's a supernatural love. It's a love that I've decided to give to them. It's It's not a... It's, it's a love that I give to them because Christ has, because God has loved me so much. He gave me his son. Yes. Right. He gave his son for me. So I'm going to love my kids the best I can. That's actually the, the, the commands uh, from Ephesians, right? For a husband, love your wife as Christ has loved the church, even as he gave himself up for her. So that's what I apply to my family. Yes, my wife, but also my kids. So I make sure my kids know, listen, I love you no matter what you did. Yeah. My love for you is like God's love for you. It doesn't wax and wane according to your your do like you, you living by my set of rules. Doesn't mean there's not consequences. Of course. So so these are just some practical ways. I don't know, Chris, if you have anything like if you have like what would you say to a parent who is dealing with Carlo, say that's living under their roof, that they're trying that they're just like heartbroken. Yeah, uh, you know it's 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 a tough that's a tough ask because every family is different, every situation is different. Um, my children, my two boys, uh, right now, thankfully are, um, godly young men. And, um, you know, the, the kind of stuff that we deal with isn't that, um, <clears throat> but if someone was asking me, um, all I have is my own experience. Um, yeah. and, and mind you, all of us could have done better, you know, as far as parenting and, and knowing our children and communicating Amen. well with them and all of those things. Um, and I'm by no means better than anybody else, but I, I definitely would counsel them to, uh, by any means necessary, try to communicate with them, get at their, get to their heart. You know what I mean? Um, whether that's take them out on a father, son camping trip, and you're you're one on one with them, and you just <laughs> plead with the Lord yeah. until you get like an open uh, audience with them. Um, for me, it's it's all a matter of connection. Yeah, that's you know? good. Um, connection is everything, and I think too. And 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 not to speak into your situation, but fathers are such a big deal, man. And yeah, and you, your your dad not being in the picture is a, a elephant in the room. I think for your situation that, um, that, that in, in a, in a right world, you've, you've got your, your father and your mother and the father does so much, especially for young boys, you know, 
um, to hold them accountable, responsible, to teach them how to be yeah. men and uh, teach them what it means to be disobedient and the consequences that come with that and all of the things, you know, that uh, um, we learn from our, our fathers. And when the father isn't there, there is a, a warping that happens. There's 100%. some rewiring that happens that is brings kind of malfunction. Um, yeah. So all that to say, I would I would say connection. Yeah. Connection, 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 and however, however that works in your family and and whatever gets your kid, um, you know, their ears to open. Yeah. I don't care if it's Disneyland or you know, the middle of the wilderness. Um, yeah. Or anywhere in between or anywhere in between. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there was a verse earlier that came to my mind and I, and I looked it up and it's uh so then be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil. Yeah. Therefore do not be foolish, but understands what the will of the Lord is. Right. And I think that's important for us as, as parents, as dads in particular, especially as dads, uh, I love that you hit that up, Chris, about the importance of fathers, because I feel like, uh, I'm just going to say it, man, uh, I feel like the church is feminine. Yeah. And I feel like ladies are the ones leading the church, and they're and, and as a result, many times they're also leading the family. Yeah, And true. If, if men could step up, if we could step up our game, you know, and understand the will of God so that we can live circumspectly, is what Paul's saying, live cautiously, vigilantly, Why? Well, because he's going to, in First Peter, it says, because the, the the devil, the adversary, is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And he's seeking our kids. You mentioned earlier in your story, Carlo, that, uh, you know, uh, you you ventured into witchcraft and, and, and this type of thing, and you think that probably had some ramifications. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Yeah. You know, um, but you were trying to fill from a very early age, you're trying to fill a void that, that was being left there. Imagine if we all had fathers in our lives who were uh, constantly pointing us to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that could be another piece of advice for, for parents with wayward children, just constantly be pointing them to Jesus. You know, uh, we aren't our kids' example. Jesus is our kids' example, right? Right? Yeah. right? You know, Jesus is who they need. They don't need more of me or more of themselves. They need more of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is the perfect human being. Right. And I'll also add, you know, there's, there's another flip side. There's kids that are, they're not wayward. They're doing everything right, but you yeah. know when they grow up, guess yeah. what? Yeah, they're now um, in college, yeah, and and they're they're not following Christ. They're they're doing great. They're successful, yeah. But they have gone that's this good. other direction, and that's why I said it's so important. And you know, at different ages, my kids, I always try to figure out what their understanding of their relationship with Christ is at that point to try and figure out, wh- you know, where are they at? That's how so how can I help them? How can I lead them? Yeah, I don't want to just that's assume. So good. That's so good. Yeah, take, you're taking a, a temperature, a spiritual temperature of children. Yes. Where are you at? You know, in, in a kind of not underhanded, but not subversive, but uh, just a way that's not completely, hey, where are you at with Jesus? You know, it's like, oh, yeah. let's let's listen to them speak, yeah. listen to them talk, what do you engage. Think about, you know, in, in a Bible study, I, I might ask my oldest daughter who's, you know, who, um, you know, she chose to get baptized. She chooses to talk to people about Jesus. Yeah. But to this day... I'll ask her a question um, about what I what's being taught. What do you think about this? Yeah, and I and I allow them to really tell Space. me. Like I, I want to really know. Yeah, do you believe this? Is it is this hard yeah. to believe? I'll tell you why it's hard for me to believe yeah, or how I struggled. Good. So try and give them that opportunity to, to communicate 
instead of just assume like, oh, you know, this is the standard so and this is where we all need to be. Yeah. And you just need to, you know, live up to this. Yeah. Thank God there's no standard, man. Cause like we're all at different places. You know, one of the things, and we only have two minutes, one of the things, if, if, if this episode is falling under people's ears and maybe they're the ones struggling in drug addiction, what I'd like to say to them is that Jesus is better, you know, and that's kind of like what I took from your story is and what we kind of said and it's hard to believe in the moment that you might find yourself in and i'm not trying to subdue or, or say i'm not trying to belittle circumstances that people might find themselves in um, i understand people are in very hard circumstances but i know that jesus is better yeah. and and when you when you chase after christ and i'm not saying it's easy it's not easy, Carlo. It's not easy, man. Staying married to a woman for 23 years who, who's not happy with you always, right? She, it's not easy. It's the hardest. It's hard. It's hard sometimes. But yeah. I don't know why we'd expect easy. Jesus didn't have easy. Right. But Jesus is always better. Can I say one last thing, too, yeah. about Finish Carlo's it up. story? You know, for the parents out there that have lost hope, mm. uh, for the parents out there that, that maybe... Carlo is their kid, but without the redemption part. Mm -hmm. Just believe that the Lord is hearing your prayers. Keep praying for your kid. Keep trusting. Keep trusting Keep the Lord. Trusting. And Carlo could be, Carlo's story could be your son's story, yeah. your daughter's story yes. at the same time. So um, just trust the Lord. Keep praying. Keep interceding for them. And, um, Trust 100%. the Lord. Keep the faith, man. Yeah. Yes. That's hard. That's the hardest part of this whole walk, right? This this whole game, this Christian game is is keeping keeping strong when things get really, really hard. Well, hey, Carla, man, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Yeah. Glad to be here. Chris, it was okay, man, having yeah. you here. Yeah. You're all right. <laughs> you know, maybe next time. No, I just but, came for the wings. There you go. <laughs> we have wings before this. You guys know what that one Hey guys, if, if you've been uh, if you've been listening, that means you've been uh you've made it. You've made it sixty minutes with us. The, uh, the I don't know who we are. I, I just feel like we're losers, man. <laughs> like we're just we're just rejects. But God uses us. It's yep. so crazy, man. What is God thinking? But uh, I do appreciate you guys. God bless you all. This is Apologetics.com Radio, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. We'll be back at midnight next. Well, I guess it's Saturday, but to me it's Friday, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Have a great week, guys. Bye bye.